These days, every ad dollar is more valuable than ever before. That's why it's so important that Mountain's self-serve performance TV platform makes it easier and more affordable to get seen. With Mountain, you can reach tens of thousands of audience segments with ads served exclusively on top streaming networks, and your campaigns are automatically optimized thousands of times a day to drive peak performance. The result? High-impact ads served at the right time, right place, and to the right audience. Visit Mountain.com to learn more. You're listening to Uncommon Thinking, a podcast from Advertising Week. In this session from Advertising Week Africa, you'll hear some of the leading minds in creativity, innovation, and the next wave of digital monetization as they address the intersections of culture, creativity, and community. How do community-driven technologies spawn new creative business models? What does the future hold for creators? And will these technologies live up to the hype? You'll learn all this and more on this episode. Let's get started. What's the big deal with the creative economy, right? And so here we have research from UNESCO that shows the size and scope of the creative economy, which is roughly $2.2 trillion annually and represents about 30 million jobs. The highlight here is Africa and the Middle East have the lowest share of uh, GDP coming from the creative economy at 1.1% compared to, let's say, APAC that has the highest at 3%. That gap is over $700 billion a year and 10 million jobs. So as we talk about employing young people at scale, this is one of the things we have to look at. And then of course, the creative economy touches every part of the value chain, from economics to technology, to society and culture, to politics, to the environment. And so, you know, when people think about, oh, creatives, they're just making fun stuff. We actually are an integral part of the entire economy. So I'm gonna start here and kind of work our way down uh, starting with Sanisha, and maybe give a brief intro, and then your reactions to what we've seen on the creative economy. Okay, thank you so much, Carl, and warm welcome to all of you here today. I'm Sanisha Munsami from the Technology Innovation Agency. I've been in skills development, focusing on innovation skills, enterprise development, and I head up the United Nations Industrial Development Program that focuses on the green economy. I think for me, uh, a decade long of being with entrepreneurs and innovators has been an amazing journey. And I think it's time, um, we've worked with a number of international partners, um, just to mention a few. We've worked with Switzerland, mm. who's very, very big on the 4IR stuff. We've also worked with the UK, which focused on commercialization and the creative economy. Um, very much focused on working with other countries and we're trying to grow our South-to-South -South collaboration with Brazil. For me, the impact has really been we're moving from working with these international partners that have primarily focused on skills development and getting us right as a nation, but how do we move from really aid to trade? And for me, it's about products and services and how, we, how can we commercialize with the creative economy? Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> okay. Stephen? Uh, good afternoon. It's Stephen Newton. Um, currently, I'm the regional managing director for a company called Ad Dynamo for Aleph Group. Um, I have also had other tech jobs within the industry. I've uh, been in South Africa for probably about 15 years now. Um, what I find very interesting, first and foremost, you said that that gap, can I mm. comment? Is it comment time? Or we sure. A, <laughs> that, that gap that you said is 700 billion. Is that right? 
yep. 70, 700 billion. When, yep. when you think about our continent, African continent, 1.8 billion people, rising to about 3.6 billion people in the next five to mm -hmm. 10 years, probably even sooner, 100% increase, with that 100% increase being 25 and under. That's a lot of young people. Imagine 1.8 billion people who are unemployed or underemployed. Yeah. Not, not, a good, not a good look, but many Africans, families, West Indian families, what do you want your children to be? Doctor, lawyer, politician, accountant. I'm a lawyer by trade, but I wanted to be a singer. But my mother told me, get a job. <laughs> it's the honest truth, right? But we know out of 1.8 billion people, it's not, everyone's not gonna be a doctor, a lawyer, a politician, a accountant, and that's okay. There is a lot of opportunity in creativity, but the first thing that I'm thinking here, Carl, is, is, is it looks to me like a, a resource. Mm -hmm. You know, we know that as Africans, as West Indians, we over-index in culture. Why are we not monetizing it? Right. We over-index in resources on the continent. Why are we not monetizing it in the same way? It's that finished product. So, yeah. Got it. Cool. Thank you. I'm Dumelo Moema. I'm the CEO and founder of Hayani Creative Management. And what I do, I deal with various, I manage various talent. I work with interior designers, magazine editors, um, fine artists, just creatives across all spectrum. And um, we're quite excited to see numbers like this and also, you know, meet and share ideas and come up with new solutions because the kind of talent that we work with is not, they don't work solely based on like brands. People want to create, mm. creators want to create. So now it's a matter of giving them the resources mm. and seeing how best we can bring their dreams and visions to life. But um, yeah, um, we're dealing with musicians, we've got, um, we conceptualize, we offer brand solutions to clients. So we, we're a one-stop shop pretty much. So we look forward to engaging and seeing how best we come up with solutions for the continent. Well, thank you for being here today as well. Uh, we actually met in Rwanda. Yeah. Uh, we were in Rwanda in June and uh, she was there with Zozi Tunzi, her client. Mm -hmm. um, and they're you know, with a bunch of other creatives from all over the diaspora, kind of descended on Rwanda for, um, for uh, AIC, which is uh, Africa in, create, in Color, which is an amazing conference. So I'm gonna pass the mic to Colin. Thank you, bro. Uh, first of all, thank you guys. I'm, I'm super excited I actually made it. I just got off the plane. Literally. Um, I am the CEO of Africa Creative Agency. We are a talent representation um, agency and we represent talent across Africa with offices in Kenya, Ghana, and here in South Africa. Um, we represent everyone from film and TV to producing movies to music, um, you name it, anything that sits pretty much in the creative space. Um, I've been in working on the continent since 1998, um, full-time since uh, 2004, so I've been here quite a while. Why Africa? Why the creative economy? I, I like to say this. We've, for many years, resources have been sucked out of this space to make the rest of the world better. And we have not benefited really from that. The perception of Africa today as I travel the world is completely different. And the one big difference is the creative economy. Mm -hmm. It is our music, it is our film and TV, it is our art that is changing what people feel about Africa. And if you change that perception, then investment will come, yeah. growth will come, jobs will come. 
but we have to change our perception. And the only industry that will change that perception is the creative economy. Mm -hmm. And I, I watch it, I literally just came back from Tyler opening up for Chris Brown yep. for 19,000 people at O2, unheard of. None of us have ever done that, right? That's going to change the perception of what South Africa has to offer. If you look at NBA All-Star this weekend, you got mm -hmm. Burner, Rema, Thames mm -hmm. opening at All-Star changes perception people are engaged when you're in we're just at the grammys the week before mm -hmm. and just that conversation everyone is eager to have a conversation about how to work with africa it's really important that we do not allow it to be another extraction mm -hmm. yeah. it's really really important that we, we really begin to own this space and it's not about just taking africa to the world but it's bringing the world to Africa yeah. on our terms. Absolutely. No, thank you. Appreciate that. All right. So we're going to hop in. So this is interesting. So on the on the uh, on the roadmap, or actually underway now, uh, is the African Continental Free Trade Area, and so this is the largest free trade area. This this um, compact was signed in June of 2022. Thank you so much. Of June 2022. And, and what they project here is that 30 million people will potentially be lifted out of extreme poverty and 450 billion uh, in income boost uh, by 2036. And so just curious, because obviously we spend a lot of time kind of working country by country. So I'm just curious to your reactions when you see uh, things like the African continental free trade area, uh, Smart Africa transforming Africa to one single digital market. Um, now you have, you know, the lion's share of African countries have signed on uh, to Smart Africa. And then really looking at this interesting statistic that came out uh, in May uh, from UNESCO. And what they talked about was that even though we have all this growth in why Africa, the cultural exports are still dominated by developing countries. And we were chatting about this a little bit backstage. So um, I'll start here. And I know, Stephen, maybe you want to pick that up and maybe chat on, you know, thoughts on that front and, and the folks in, in, in creative as well. Uh, as you're doing your own exporting of culture, you know, I feel like we're kind of sometimes in an onslaught of content from elsewhere. And so what are the things that government can do when we start talking about free trade agreements or policy? And what are the, some of the things that creatives can do to actually help make sure that their work is getting out there a little bit, uh, a little bit more than it is now? Um, I think, I actually want to say that I think South Africa does a pretty good job. South Africa is one of the few countries that actually support the film industry and the music industry by giving incentives and DTI and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Mm -hmm. That needs to go across the board in Africa. Mm -hmm. Every country needs to have a DTI. Mm -hmm. I think there's gonna be a balance, right, of what we import and what we export, mm -hmm. right? And I, I, I focus on Hollywood for a second. Hollywood has told the same stories over and over and over and again. If you look at any Kevin Hart movie, he's playing a part that was played by some white guy some time ago mm. or some other actor and now he plays it. The, the, the idea is that Africa has fresh stories that have never been told, mm -hmm. all right? And it, so it's really important that we tell these stories and I think that's what the big touch points are for the rest of the world that's looking in, like what are the stories that we have to tell that's never been told? Um, there's a movie that we just finished producing called Fight Like a Girl, mm. which is really an incredible movie shot in the Congo. I think the director and producer here in the audience has spoke about it this morning, but it really tells a fresh African story, one of us coming from nothing to something, pushing through everything as a young woman in this particular story. So I think it's a lot to do with telling rich stories, government supporting those stories, 
and us supporting each other when we do put out those stories. If you see Nigeria Power, is that when Nigeria does something, that 200 million mm. stands up, yeah. <coughs> right? They don't, they don't critique, even if they critique in their back kitchen, they don't critique aloud. Mm. When we stand up, when Tyler's open up for Chris, stand up. Mm. Stand up and support. And we have to do that for each other. If we don't do it for each other, no one else will. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, one of the things you were talking about, the African Free, free, African free Trade Agreement, or ACTFA, is always a hard, hard <laughs> acronym to say. <laughs> but, you know, you think about, uh, back to this idea of, I've been lucky to travel to maybe 40 plus countries on the continent. Very, very fortunate. And, and you notice we know so little about each other mm. for, for the most part. This whole idea of the 1.8 billion that's going to grow, they say that over 40%, maybe 50% of that is going to be a corridor that's going to be a megalopolis from Senegal, Dakar, down to Nigeria. That's going to be a huge, huge thing. Then you have these other mega cities that are going to happen in Addis Ababa, in Angola, in, in, in Congo. But I always say these countries were not there like that before. Mm. There's so much trade and, and, and so much potential to work together within the, our own continent. Many of us are always looking away. I don't know if anyone has ever been to Morocco or Tunisia and you go there and you see literally thousands if not tens of thousands of young black men looking over to Spain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Look, there's no solution within. The solution must be outside. I live in Ghana right now. I want to travel to Burkina Faso, even, even transport. Country north. If the road was good, I could drive 12 hours and be there. Sometimes my fastest flight is to go to France, mm -hmm. to come back down, yep. to go to Burkina Faso. If we have a, a growth of 1.8 billion, and the creative economy is gonna come from young people, mm -hmm. and, that young, and that growth is gonna be 25 or under, and it's gonna account for 25, I'm sorry, 40%, 30 to 40% of the world's eligible workforce, we have all the resource right here. And it shouldn't be pocketized. Mm. And it should be pocketized in some ways. Let's appreciate other cultures. Mm. But it should also be leveraged. Yeah. Because if we don't leverage it, it's going to be leveraged, that's for sure. No one's going to leave that opportunity to not be developed. So I, would, I hope, I pray that these things actually work. They're not yeah. just things that are being said. Um, I had a, I'll end on here, I had a, uh, the, my, my previous role was with a company called Positivo. BGH, and we make computers, and uh, we went to this, this event in Lusaka, and I met, I don't remember her name, maybe someone does, but she's the youngest minister in Africa. She's a minister of uh, Namibia. Namibia. Yeah. Namibia. I think she's 25, maybe? Junior, uh, minister of information and technology, rather than junior minister. And I, I felt, as a 50 plus old man, I felt proud, and I said, you know, you, I hope we have more of this because I don't know that I'm equipped to make decisions for what you mm. have coming in the future. Mm. Mm. Touch on a few things, but ultimately I, I do hope that this free trade agreement works, but I hope that it will not work if we don't look in our own backyards. Mm. A rule is a rule, a statue is a statue. If we don't uh, embrace it ourselves, that's all it is. It's just something that sits there. No, copy. 
So, yeah. no, 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 so what I was going to say is um, there's a word that gets used loosely, but collaboration. The mm. only way Africa is going to get to where it needs to be is through collaboration, right? We don't have time. We're traveling from one country to another, transferring money across the continent is one of the toughest things ever, mm -hmm. right? The youngest talent that I manage is 24 years old. And for me, the hope that I have for such a young continent is young people are starting to think different. Mm. They understand contracts different. So for me, when I sit down with talent, what we do is we build a contract amongst each other. I don't give you a done deal. We sit down, we say, okay, what we are skill trading, right? We, we, we're trading in skills. Yep. No one is above anyone here, right? You're good at this, I'm good at this. This is what brings us together. Now let's build how we are going to work. You know what I mean? So for me, what I'm trying to get at is the future does look bright. Obviously, there's a lot of stumbling blocks here mm. and there, but on a collaborative level, young Africans are going to take us where we need to go. Awesome. You know? And for me, I'm, I'm, I'm more hopeful because they understand what it is, the value of what they offer. I get a lot of young people saying to me, I get that that's client's budget, but client doesn't pay me for the value of my work. Mm. They pay for what they can afford for what I can produce. Mm. And for me, that is the tone that the continent needs, the confidence. You know, I've got young people that I work with in Kenya. They call it the burner energy, mm. the burner boy, to know the value, the worth of what you're, putting, what you're bringing to the table. And if it means you be arrogant about it, then be arrogant about it. Mm. You know? But the industry, the people that do business with you will take you serious. And I'm glad that young people are not looking for the kind of project that get, the projects that get them excited are not brand related. They're not starting to create amongst themselves. Mm. You create, and then the people will come. come. The money will come. Just create. Copy. You know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about that. Um, one of the, I spent about 15 years in marketing before launching Snake Nation uh, in the States. And so what, I've, or what I really found interesting was just the intellectual property of you as a creator for brands. Yeah. yeah. And this is like something that you know, doesn't get touched upon a lot, but, you know, it's essentially work for hire. And so you have very interesting companies like Anomaly that were interested. You did some really interesting work with Smirnoff uh, as well in this space of saying, well, you know, this... If this particular thing, if maybe I'm used to producing events, but today I'm gonna to produce a television show. Mm -hmm. The time it takes to produce a TV show is drastically different than the time it takes to produce yeah. events. Yeah. So as far as we were concerned, that was our skin in the game. Now we're co-investing with brands. Yeah. Now we're, we're helping to bring your concept to life far above and beyond your budget. That means that that should also un unlock intellectual property yeah. for the talent. Yeah. And that was something that, um, you know, it was pretty revolutionary at the time, but I think young people are kind of like, of course. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. And, I, and, and this, you see this same trend reflected in people's, in young music artists saying, I don't really need that advance. I don't really need that major mm -hmm. deal. I'm going to do this my way until I can negotiate on my own terms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so, so before we leave this particular topic, I'm curious. I know we're kind of dabbling in the lane of government. You mentioned Nigeria. And so I don't know if people heard that recently. Like if you're shooting in Nigeria, they've had a rule, and maybe you know more about this than I do, uh, that if you're shooting in Nigeria, then you must use Nigerian talent, yeah. Yeah. right? And that's a government mandate, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so what are the things, Tanisha, that you're seeing as you're you know, navigating both the tech space and the creative space, what are the things you're seeing that, that governments are doing here on the continent and abroad to kind of help stimulate these, the digital economy and the creative economy? So, so for us as a South African, I must say, we've, we've always very much focused on South Africans. But we, we recently, I mean, in the past three years, I would say, mm. there's a serious focus on the, on the continent. And when we work with our Global North partners, we're no longer working with South Africa on our own or Ghana on our own. We're working with Switzerland, with three or four other African countries, and looking to grow that economy. And I think 
for me that has been so critical because when you look at the young talent and the entrepreneurs that sit in there, they really, really are looking at co-creation or working together. Mm. You're just looking at some of the solutions that are coming up. It's actually easier for a South African entrepreneur to roll out the technology or innovation in, uh, for example, in Rwanda. Mm. And it's that. It's the, the uptake of really good technologies and innovations in other countries. We've seen it um, and we, we're proud to say we're actually implementing it currently. So definitely we're going that route. Um, just, just on the, uh, the Global uh, South Partnership, like I said, we're actually doing it. I mean, Snake Nation is going to be one of our partners. We're looking at Brazil has no difference uh, to, to us as, as a continent, as mm. Africa, and we're hoping to extend that, um, that program for other creative economies, specialists across Africa. And the reason being is because we all know music, art, dance, and culture is what really bridges the, the, the divide mm. in terms of how do we get together. And it's, it really has become that thing about food, networking, um, looking at your art, looking at how can we just work with the natural resources we have. So very, very importantly, if you look at sustainability and if you look at climate change, for example, we're really looking at how can we take some of these products and services. Um, by that, we just mean mm. if you look at the waste economy, it's huge. Mm. Um, our partners in Ghana were very, very uh, keen on looking at waste management, for example, in electronic waste. Now, when we say how does waste management take into the creative economy, if you look at the creative people with creative minds, design thinking, they come up with products from waste, whether it be plastic waste, tire waste, recyclable waste. Yes. And those kind, of, those kind of creative minds are the guys that are putting together the product that could be sold in locally or on our continent or globally. And for me, it's about, I think we spoke about collaboration, but it's about the co-creation of really coming together and saying, how can these young minds come together? Mm. And that's all done through, I think you spoke about the digitization. Mm -hmm. Digita digitization lands us with transparency across our continent in terms of free trade and in terms of no longer looking to import a lot. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it with the pandemic. Um, there's a lot of things that you can no longer import or export. Mm -hmm. And how can we create a continent that relies on one another and trade between us? And I think for me, that's key as a driver to how do we really take our youth forward on this continent. Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting coming from the States, and I moved here about seven years ago, um, uh, myself and my family, right when we started Snake Nation uh, in Atlanta and, you know, Cape Town. Uh, and so, you know, at the time, I remember traveling and I, we were in Kenya and I saw a big billboard up and I think it was like somebody was marketing yogurt in Kenya and um, they were using Elsa from Frozen. And so, I'm, and I'm driving along and I'm, I, I'm a bit of a marketing nerd myself. So I'm just like, why? are you using Elsa here? Yeah. Like, you know, is it that much more difficult to like, you know, use brand power to like lift up local stories? You know, what's the local version? What's of that <coughs> fairy tale that we should be bringing to life? Um, Mommy Walter is another streetwear brand from Joburg and from, from, from Cape Town. And so we were talking earlier and like people had this outrage or like Ariel's, you know, the Little Mermaid is going to be brown now. It's like, oh my God. But I was like, but what about Mami Wata, who originated, who was like a deity? Like, mm. you know, these, these stories come from somewhere. Yeah. And so that's very, uh, it, it, it's very key. Like, I think when you talk about the role of government here being so much more um, in the hands of black empowerment than I would say like in the States. And that, was, that took a bit of adjustment for me uh, as well. So, so we're going to push to the next section here. All right, cool. And are we in the perfect storm? And so this is interesting. So, 
You know, we're seeing diminishing returns on television. People are consuming what they want, when they want. Um, you know, they've got the buying, buying power. When you talk about both multicultural millennial buying power and African youth buying power, obviously in the billions, in the trillions, in the states. And so what happens when they start to realize like, oh, wait a minute, my diverse stories are not represented. Uh, at the same time that we're having this sort of perfect moment, we're also having online consumption expand uh, of the top media markets for social media. Only one market is on the continent for TikTok and for Instagram. Uh, and for TikTok, that's Egypt, and then Instagram doesn't actually have a top 20 market on the continent. And so while we, these are big brands, they're still not so big here. And so it's interesting when you think about local solutions uh, for, for the creative economy. We're also looking at the uptick in SVOD uh, uh, um, subscribers as well. And then of course, online video outstripping cable. And so our, our question becomes, how can brands and government uh, people that are in the business of creative participate in that growth, but do so in a way that helps drive the creative economy to employ young people, right? We got this massive uptick in growth, massive uptick in, in, in population, but it feels like if we're not intentional, um, that growth will be just consumed as, oh, we've got another billion consumers and not another billion producers, another billion new narratives and so forth. So I'm just curious, maybe we'll start uh, here. And, and what is the role of government you know, how do you see it sort of impacting your reality um, from a culture standpoint, from a business standpoint? And it obviously is, these are people that all do business globally. So just interesting to see like the, 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 the different dynamics as well. I, th I think what comes to mind is, it's, it's funny, it just happened a couple of weeks ago, uh, the visa program between Kenya and South Africa. Man. That's just a prime example. Uh, th these, th we were talking about this yesterday at, at an agency called UTA in, in London. And I was asking the CEO, what, what do you see as an issue that's holding us back? And he was just like, visas. Mm. You know, it, it's systematic from a global perspective, and we have copied it in a local perspective. We can't move. We can't move from here to Kenya or here to wherever to whatever. That process, government, that's where government can impact. So that movement, and I actually have to think that globally, it's, it's, they, it must be systematic. Because Africa, Africans have the hardest time leaving from wherever they are to go yeah. someplace else. Absolutely. Right? So those, easing those things are important. I think but we have to also focus very much on just moving across the continent, period. And not just trade of mm. goods, but actual people being able to move freely um, across the borders. Uh, biggest example for me in the last, say, two years, three years, I would say look at what Amapiano has done mm. for young South Africa creatives who were not traveling, we're not interested in traveling into the continent. If you, if you poll that generation now, those creatives, they'll tell you in a heartbeat, they're off to Rwanda, they're off to Nigeria, they're off to Egypt, they're off to everywhere on the continent performing their craft. That's huge because South Africans are beginning to see something very different. They're engaged in Ghana. There was 2,500 South Africans that went to the return mm. this year. And, and what, what happens when you get all these young people together from different spaces and they start to talk and they start to realize that they're dealing with the same things and they have the same issues and they have the same hopes and dreams and aspirations. Once you connect that dot beyond social and physical, that's the game changer. Mm. 
but we start with us connecting here on the continent to the kid in Kenya, to the kid in Cairo, to the kid in Tunisia. That's where it starts, and we should be focused on that. So I think that's where government needs to help to impact business. Um, MTN did it. They went to 26 countries. Mm -hmm. We didn't go. Right. They went. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yep. These companies yeah. are doing it, but we're yeah. not doing yeah. it. And we can't do it because we can't get a visa, or we can't imagine doing it, or we're scared to do it. So, yeah. Now, it's interesting. So we're working on a program with Tia. Thanks. I see the flash in the background. <laughs> um, and, and around um, Africa 4.0, which mm -hmm. is basically using music, tech, and gaming to introduce young Africans to the fourth industrial revolution. And so and we're doing this in 10 countries, and every single country is like, we got to watch it. Mm, the elections are going kind of crazy. We might have to shift that back a bit. Or, hey, there's a new minister. Maybe we know somebody that knows somebody. And so it's been a very interesting dynamic to say, okay, what does it take to actually set up and work in partnership with government and business to bring these type of platforms to bear? All right, so we're, 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 we're coming down to 44 seconds. <laughs> uh, I hope that was, was, uh, was enlightening. Uh, we definitely appreciate everybody's time and energy, literally convening from all over the world for this panel. Big shout out to the team at Advertising Week Africa, amazing. So I would just love to salute you guys, salute everybody here. Thanks for listening. For more episodes of Uncommon Thinking, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. And for more content from Advertising Week, visit www.advertisingweek.com. It's time to treat TV as the performance channel it's become. Mountain's self-serve connected TV marketing software helps you do that with data-backed insights that take the guesswork out of measuring impact. With Mountain, you can track your connected TV ad performance down to the last decimal in real time and compare it to your other channels with leading web analytics integrations. You can even see which viewers are taking the next step to visit your website and make a purchase regardless of what household device they use. Visit Mountain.com to learn more.